You're listening to the Ox Talk. Ox Talk. Ox Talk podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Ox Talk. I'm your host Shahanal, and today uh, I'm alone doing another solo episode. Um, last time we talked, it was about um, the fear of failure and your comfort zone and all that kind of stuff today i want to get a little bit more personal i guess and talk about fatherhood so yeah let's just jump into it i guess today uh my setup's a little different i'm actually streaming this live right now so if i get a little distracted with um with chat um i mean there's there's no one watching no i'm just saying uh if there does (laughs) people do join randomly um and I'm answering some questions, that's probably why. But for the most part, it's just going to be me. And episode's probably going to be the same. But just in case there's something that seems a little weird, and if I decide to leave it in the video, uh, that's why. Okay, so uh, I will be creating a Oxtalk streaming uh, account for itself. Right now, I'm just I'm streaming on my personal account, uh, which is the Vinkstar account. Um, yeah, so today we're just going to be talking about fatherhood. Um, and I wanted to, before I even like thought of this idea or wanted to do it, um, I was thinking about, I was trying to think whether I should look up statistics and look up facts and even like watch other people explain their experiences with fatherhood. And I was just kind of like, nah. You know, I didn't want to do that. I was like, you know, let's let me give my own opinion about my journey um, being a father and my kind of experiences and, and kind of what I think. And then, you know, maybe later on we can talk about it. So uh, first, I'll, I'll probably, um, sort of, you know, as a rubric or whatever, I'm going to be talking about uh, my experiences first um, and then kind of what I think and then towards the end of the video I'll talk about whether I'll give you my opinion on whether I think the system is failing fathers or not you know maybe they are maybe not but I'll tell you what I think personally Um, and I'll give you some personal experience and backstory behind it too um I don't know I guess I should talk about my father too you know um and my experiences growing up with a father um So my father was, I would say amazing. And he taught me a lot of really good values early on. And there was a point, and you know, I feel, I feel sorry for, um, I feel sorry for my siblings because they, they never got to experience what I did in my father because my father became an alcoholic and he was always a narcissist but with alcohol his narcissism kind of just became exponentially more aggressive you know um so it's like really it's really hard to kind of look at him and see him because there's there's just so much pain and hurt behind his actions and and him in general but I was lucky enough when I was younger to have one of the best dads in the world you know and I base 
everything that I do as a father based off of what he taught me when I was younger, you know, and again, I said this before that um, my, my, my siblings have two, uh, my brother and sister, they kind of never got to experience it. Like my brother did a little bit, but um, with my father, I, I don't even know when it happened. Like I couldn't pinpoint a certain age or anything when he started um, really kind of falling off the wagon, but it definitely happened around high school, just after high school. And it's really, um, it's really sad. I, I don't know. Like I, I see him and where he is now and how he is now versus how he used to be when I was really, really young. And you know, as much as I'm thankful for everything he's done for me, you know, by bringing in, me into this world and, you know, moving here because I was technically born in Bangladesh. So, you know, I'm technically an immigrant. <laughs> um, but coming here when I was like three, you know, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for all of that. But at the same time, being a father myself, I realize and recognize more that my kids really don't owe me shit you know it's it's my responsibility you know i brought them into the world i brought my two daughters it was half my decision to bring them here and in doing so it's also my responsibility to make sure that they're taken care of provided for healthy you know protected and all that kind of stuff so you know in that sense too like um i don't like i have that sense of thanks and respect because that's just how i was raised you know i was raised to have to respect my parents and all that kind of stuff um but yeah being a parent myself being a father i realize you know respect is kind of earned you know and kids are, are crazy creatures and you know especially in 2021 and moving forward they're only gonna get more advanced you know like you know like being a father i realized that yeah my i don't my kids don't owe me anything you know i choose i chose to bring this bring them into this world you know i chose to, to have them here and i'm choosing to love them and I'm choosing to give them freedom and happiness on my end. And that's what they deserve, you know? I mean, obviously, I, I believe in um, discipline as well. Um, but, you know, it's, it's so weird because I see so many parents that dehumanize their kids, you know? And, th and that's, a, that's a big problem that an older generation has. And... You know, I'm not that type of parent. Obviously, I recognize those things. And I even see it like, you know, I know um, mostly families watching this, but um, for my kids, it's I see all the time people blaming my kids for being bad, you know, and not understanding 
why my kids are crying and don't want to interact with you, you know? And it's so crazy to me because it, the answer is just so simple. You know, you just treat them like human beings, you know? And I, all the time, you know, I'll have aunts and um, family be like, why is she crying all the time? You know, like, I'm just trying to like say hi, blah, 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 right? Or they'll do something and then you know, she'll start, you know, my, one of my daughters will start crying hysterically because she didn't want it. She was forced to do it, right? Like being forced to care, you know, be carried um, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I don't force carry my kids. You know, I, I don't pick them up if they don't want to be picked up. I pick them up when they want to be picked up. Um, and I don't pick them up if I don't want to pick them up either. <laughs> Just because they want to and I don't want to. That's a deal breaker, you know. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't let them get away with everything. But um, I'm definitely very lenient. Because, you know, like I think it's important to treat your kids not like your kids. And not like your possession or like an object. But just as human beings, you know, they got feelings. You know, my two-year-old, um, you know, is developing and understanding her feelings. And, you know, I, I recognize it and you see it, you know, like as they're growing. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, when kids get older, I see all the time where um, parents and kids don't have a good relationship or, you know, your kids are sending you to like a home like a, a shelter like an old people shelter retirement home and all that kind of stuff and i see it all the time you know where kids don't want anything to do with their parents and that's so sad and but at the same time i don't blame the kids i blame the parents you know you chose to treat your kids a certain way you get the consequences of your relationship you know if you're a parent that's neglectful and only give your kids attention when you want to give them attention, you know, not necessarily when they want some of your love and attention, then they're going to grow up doing the same things to you. You know, um, me and my wife are very different in our parenting styles, but not just different in our parenting styles, but we're also very different um, people in general right so um like i mean in a if i can kind of explain it i think um there was an episode where abba and preach kind of said something about um said something about their father and mother i think it was i think it was preach that said it he was talking about his father and mother um and how his mother always says i love you so the words i love you lose value but when when his father says it when his father is like i love you he's it's really heartwarming and it's kind of like impactful and powerful because his father doesn't say it you know and that's me and my wife you know my wife is the um the one that never says i love you and uh and yeah when my wife says it it's definitely way more impactful than 
when I say it because I say it all the time. I think like I love you for me is like coughing. So <laughs> um, yeah, I probably devalue the word in and itself. But you know, I want my kids to know I love them all the time. You know, and I don't think that's that's wrong. It's okay. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll now that you kind of know about me, my family, and, and my history. I guess I'll I'll kind of talk about what fatherhood is to me. Um, fatherhood for me is showing my kids that men can be compassionate. You know, showing my kids what unconditional love looks like through example and hopefully through feeling you know, I, I hope they they feel it you know I mean I have two girls if I had sons I would be teaching them how right but um, there's a saying or a quote out there that um, that's like or maybe it's just a saying but um, and it's basically like we we either become our parents or we date our parents when we get older you know and with that idea in mind um, since I have girls um, I want I really want them to know what a healthy relationship with a male feels like you know um, and what unconditional love looks like you know so i hope that when they get older and start dating and all that kind of stuff they recognize these things and don't fall for you know toxic men and, and people and all that kind of stuff and they they stay in healthy relationships and have healthy behaviors and understand their boundaries and and what is important to them and all that kind of stuff you know not just that but um you know like pushing them you know not not physically <laughs> but i mean like giving them a sense of drive and purpose you know um teaching them how to survive in society you know um the differences between right and wrong but having no fear you know i think fathers in general are are the best at pushing their kids you know teaching them how to be brave I think bravery and overcoming fear is something that fathers mainly excel at you know um, and I don't really want to compare like mothers to fathers or anything or say anything's better than the other I think having a mother is just as important as having a father um, Actually, maybe I'm a little bit biased. I think having a mother is a little bit more important, but I didn't even say that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, no, but um, yeah, I mean, like having a father is just as important, you know, because um, like mothers, they they shelter you, you know, they prevent you from making mistakes and and it's hard because it's, it's built into the biology of women you know 
and I don't want to generalize and speak for everyone. I know, I know that's what I'm doing right now, but you know, biologically and the way, you know, female hormones work, you know, women are there to protect their kids with ferocity, you know, to protect their kids and make sure they don't get hurt and make sure they stay home and be close, you know, whereas I think fathers are the exact, not the exact opposite. They have all that, but there's a sense of allowing your kids to fail, you know, like, um, you know, like you see movies, it's very stereotypical, but you know, there's truth in every stereotype, right? And it's, and it's the fact that when you see movies and you see the father teaching the girl or the son to ride a bike, you know, and I'm not saying women can't do that, but I think women have a harder time letting go of the bike when they're, you know, doing the two wheelers for the first time, right? Whereas fathers, fathers don't, it's not that they don't care, but it's easier for us to let go because we know that they need to kind of learn through mistakes, you know, be brave and just do it and, and get out there and, and push yourself, you know, to be better. And I think, I think that's what fatherhood is, you know, creating, creating men and women that are, that strive to be successful, that don't have fears, you know, or at least, um, you it's because like you know i guess speaking about fears a little bit um it's easier to conquer a fear knowing you have a support system you know someone someone behind you you know like the same idea behind letting go of the bike right it's it's the fact that we let go but you don't know so you think we're still there so you're riding that bike with full confidence you know, until you look back and you're like, oh shit, you let go. But I mean, it's okay, you know. Um, we're okay to let you go and, and allow you to push forward on your own and become your own person, right? Um, and I think that's what fathers are good for, you know. Um, I think um, this was a long time ago that I read this, but I read an article talking about, um, I don't know if I can paraphrase it completely. So I'll just, I'll just make some points about it, but it was something about how mothers create boys and girls, right? Um, fathers create men and women. I think that's it. And you know, um, and I think that a lot of it has to do with you know, the overprotective nature of, of mothers, right? And that's okay. You know, like, I mean, that, that's fine. I want to be a boy. Like, to, to my, you know, um, to my mom, I'm always her little boy, right? So, um, you can't get away from that. I think there's obviously a little bit, it's a little bit contradictory because I don't think, like, I don't know. if I don't know if I really believe it 100%. I think mothers definitely create boys and fathers create men, but I think, I think the same applies the opposite way, you know, fathers create girls and women and 
you know, mothers create women, you know, I think that makes more sense to me in my, in my mind. Um, because, you know, as a father, we're, we're kind of building our son in our image, you know, and I think women do the same thing for, with their daughters, right? And, and then that's why it's so hard to kind of not coddle the opposite gender, right? So for me, I have two girls and I have a really hard time not babying them and protecting them all the time, right? Because they're my little girls, you know? I don't want them to get hurt or, you know, any harm come to them, right? I don't know. I'm also I'm also a stay-at-home father, so I'm definitely a different breed of, of man. Um, it's definitely not normal to... Like, the, it's not normalized to do what I do, right? Be a stay-at-home father and allow my wife to do, um, basically provide, you know? It, it, and, it, and it's definitely very against my personal nature and, and the way I was kind of raised. So, I, it's definitely something hard for me to, you know? And I think it has a lot to do with, um, like, feeling accomplished. You know, and I think because of the way school systems are and just the way men are raised, you know, we're we're so goal oriented, you know, and we like we like to see accomplishments and and stuff like that. And not necessarily accomplishments. We like to see our our efforts kind of fruit, you know, and raising kids is such a slow and patient project. Um, uh, process, not project, and so it's it's really sometimes it's really hard to see, kind of. Um, it's really kind of hard to see the the good you've done. Um, yeah, and whereas like you know you work, you can get a promotion, you can get a raise and uh, build yourself up and all that kind of stuff and, and you can see your progress right but raising kids you don't you don't see it you know because like if you look back like holy you know um, if i look back at, at my my youngest daughter you know she only just started talking like a couple months ago and now she's you know saying full sentences and, and talking back to me and and we're having conversations and stuff like that right so it's very different I and mean, they grow up real quick but at the same time you kind of don't know what you did you know you know it's like how much of it was me actually teaching them and how much of it was uh did they just pick up on things naturally right so yeah um did i did i even answer the question what fatherhood is to me but to me um i don't even know if i did it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely the whole unconditional thing, you know, I think, um, or even like, you know, like, I know I keep, I keep talking and saying stuff and, and referring everything to like dating and, and all that kind of stuff. I know, I know that's not the end game for my daughter, like, you know, all that kind of stuff, but, and I want to support my daughter in whatever she does, right? Whether it is you know, to have kids and all that kind of stuff. But even if it's just, you know, to have a career and do all that stuff, I want her to do everything, right? Or be able to do everything. 
and I want to be her support system and, and I want to be able to push her and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think, I think I've said enough about that. I guess, I guess, I guess we can answer the question. Um, <laughs> um I guess I, I gotta sit back from this one. Um, you know what? I'll take a little drink too, because now we're getting a little, a little political, I guess. Um, I guess the next question um, or the, the last question I'll ask is um, whether or not I think the system is failing um, fathers and um, it's really hard to so I guess uh, the next question is whether I think the system is failing fathers and <sighs> like I really want to say no you know like I really want to not complain you know, or not. I don't know. I don't want to bitch about it, <laughs> right? Um, because, you know, all the challenges and all that kind of stuff, they're just things. It's not necessarily the things that we have to, like, we have to deal with. I mean, it is, but it's like, I, I just, I, I like to more so look at them as challenges that need overcoming you know and i just you know i don't really I, I just work around it you know um i do things in trying to trying to fix things around my disadvantages you know and um and i'm not even i'm not even saying like the disadvantages of regular fathers you know like i'm a stay-at-home father so for me it's the system isn't built for me you know it's not built for stay-at-home fathers to succeed at all like there's no help for us there's there's no there's kind of nowhere to turn um no one to talk to you know um and on top of that, you know, um, toxic masculinity exists, you know, where it's hard to kind of talk or find a safe space for, for dudes to kind of have conversation about this, you know. Um, that's why I kind of want to, you know, start the conversation here. You know, if you're a father, you're struggling, you feel like you can't talk to talking stuff, you know, maybe um, find some people here, you know, um, comment support each other you know i sure as hell know that would help me <laughs> um or even you know i take i run all the social media so even if you message any of the um if you message any of the social media apps uh, twitter instagram facebook all that kind of stuff it's most likely gonna be me so i mean if you ever you know people need to talk i'm here 
you know, um, but yeah, it's definitely not designed for stay-at-home fathers, you know, um, and I just recently, for my own personal sanity, um, I've been looking for like apps even, like, I mean, there's an app called Peanut, <laughs> and uh, one of my female friends told me about it, so I was like, okay, you know what, I'll give this a try. I downloaded it and uh, it's only for mothers. It's for mothers and we talk about maternal, like, you know, maternity stuff and uh, female hormones and, and menstruation and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's space, safe space for women. Great. You know, I saw that and I saw that it was only for women. <laughs> you know, I deleted it and I was just like, well, shit. <laughs> like, why isn't there an app like this for fathers, you know? But, um,. It's just, you know, so I, so besides that, I also tried uh, looking at Facebook groups and there are a couple of Facebook groups out there. Um, one particularly, um, there's a new dad's one that I really kind of like because um, I really like giving advice. <laughs> so I've been reading a lot of people, a lot of men who have been um, struggling and trying to cope with things and fear and all that kind of stuff right because it's so different for fathers you know like we are dumbasses when it comes to kids okay like i gotta tell you like like fathers we don't have that maternal clock or whatever whatever the hell it is you women have that just automatically make you amazing mothers and just you know the ability to just read a baby and look into things and all that kind of stuff without even knowing anything like it surprises me so much how <laughs> how unfair it is <laughs> that you women get all that stuff right um uh, biologically or whatever it is i don't know what it is but it feels like magic okay but for men <laughs> like if you have a partner if you know, you have a husband or whatever, and he seems dumb and doesn't know what to do or seems scared. Like, fuck, having kids for men is so scary. And like, just even on that group, just reading all the comments about the amount of worry and um, that these men are going through, you know, the, the amount of fear that they have um it's quite surprising i mean i i enjoyed it because um it was very relatable for me because i was very very worried all the time i lost so much sleep because i was too scared to sleep when my daughter slept right um but yeah even that is just it's nice. I mean, it, it's definitely nice to have people to talk to and reach out to when you have problems and when you're feeling a certain way, right? Um, but yeah, but I mean, like, when I talk about, like, how the system just isn't built for stay-at-home fathers or, you know, fathers like me or the primary caretaker of their kids is, you know, there's, there's nothing out there. Um, absolutely nothing out there for me to feel safe and me to it's not even about feeling safe 
just me feeling comfortable somewhere. You know, like I've gone to those um, early age camp or like day camp daycares and stuff where you get to sit in with your kids and um, play with them and teach them and then they get to interact with other kids. You know, it's it's all women, you know, and it just feels so uncomfortable sitting there. Um, and, and, you know, in turn, it is these women's fault uh, for making me feel like that, right? Um, but um, it's just, and it's not even, I feel, it's not even that they're making me feel uncomfortable. I just feel uncomfortable. I just don't like the idea of making people feel uncomfortable, right? Which makes me very uncomfortable. So I guess, okay, I take that back. It's not their fault. It's my, it's my fault. It's all my fault. But yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just everything is just all women. <laughs> you know, there's, it's really hard to find another dad actually kind of there, you know, like if, um, and like, Another example, like, you know, like they have at libraries, they have early age reading and kind of like book club for babies and stuff like that, where you just sit and they read, read to you and stuff. And I've gone to those two and, you know, it's the same problem. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, those are a little bit more comfortable because usually you're not really interacting with the other parents. You're just kind of sitting there listening to books or you're, you know, your kids are sitting in the middle and you're just kind of sitting towards the side doing your own thing while they're doing their own thing. So that's kind of nice, but you know what? I just don't like the fact that I can't, like, it's not even the fact that like I want to approach other women or, t or talk to other women or anything like that but you know no one approaches me you know no one's nice no one's like hey how's it going you know i've even had situations where you know my kids will be playing with someone else's kids and i'll be you know and i'll go up because maybe either they're fighting or like you know something right something that requires me to help my daughter and you know, maybe I'll, I'll strike a conversation. It's like, oh, how old is he? Or, you know, like, um, or he or she. And, or like, all that kind of stuff. And then the first thing they say to me, is that your daughter? It's like, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. You know, as if, like, I'm just a random standing there. And I get it. You know, again, this mothers are completely fair to do that. Because, you, know, so, you know, you see a random man, you'd be, over, you'd be a little cautious and overprotective too, right? But yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a very confrontational person, and um, I guess it's just hard for me to kind of want to climb that barrier that everyone has, you know, um, just seeing me for the first time. I mean, I'm sure if I went more often and the other mothers there um, saw me there more often and they got more comfortable with me and they kind of got to know my daughter and all that kind of stuff I'm sure it'd be more normal but 
I don't know. It was just a was such a bad and horrible experience the first time. You, you kind of don't want to do it again. You know, you kind of don't want to put yourself through it. And uh, it's the same thing at parks too. You know, like parks are actually the only. It's winter now. Um, it snows here and it gets kind of cold, so it's hard to go to the park with uh, my daughter. But parks are probably the only safe space I have. You know, parks and walks. Um, so going for walks and. And just going to the park with my daughter is has definitely been really helpful for me. You know, like just kind of getting out there, getting some fresh air, uh, relieving that stress and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, but even going to parks, you know, like if I see another father there, it's, you know, that's cool. You know, uh, if my kids interact and maybe I'll go say hi and all that kind of stuff. But it's just it's weird because you you have this built-in perception you know it's like you know at, at parks is different right they see me you know pushing my daughter on the swing or whatever and they're like oh that guy's so cute you know he's got he's he's making time for her father but like the moment they hear oh i'm actually a stay-at-home father and like the, their opinion of me is just to shit it's like oh this guy's a bum you know and that's that's instantly societally the first thing that comes to people's minds is like oh he's failing as a as a father as a dad um and then you know that's that's stressful on its own it's not nice to hear but um yeah i mean it's it's just it's kind of just become my norm now as i was saying like it's it's just tough you know it's tough being a father and just kind of being out there you know um and um yeah i mean it's, it's something that you just kind of have to deal with and, and get used to it i mean i get it from family too you know i mean um i've even had my and this probably ruined my relationship with my with my own father right and it was it was him telling me that i fail like i fail as a father that i'm a bad father you know that I'll never account for anything be doing it the way I'm doing it, right? Because I'm doing it wrong, right? And in most men's eyes in general, it's it's just, you know, you got to be a man. You know, you got to, you have to be the one to provide. You can't be the, the, you have to be the breadwinner. You know, you can't be the homemaker and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely a stigma that I get to, you know, it's, it's not just the fact, it's not just about trying to be a good father, it's, you know, it's also trying to be a good man as well and not failing as a man. So those are definitely challenges as well, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I guess, I guess it, there's just no support system for fathers out there, you know, um, and it's tough, you know, like, I know, like, even, like, when it comes to, like, doctors and teachers and principals and just people in general, you know, they think I'm a complete dumbass and that I know nothing about my daughters. And so they'll just instantly bypass me and start talking to my wife, right? They'll just, they won't even, like, even, um... I'll give you a great example, actually. So I applied for my daughter's school. And because I am the stay-at-home parent, I 
am the one that um, I'm the primary emergency giver, right? Or the person that gets the information um, that all goes to me, right? The person they're supposed to call if there's an emergency or something happens is supposed to be me because I'm the first first response. And my wife is the second. And my, my mother, uh, my first daughter's grandmother, my children's grandmother is the third, right? So I'm expecting all these phone calls. I'm expecting emails and all that kind of stuff. And they just literally bypass me. I don't even get emails anymore. It's it, it blows my mind that because I'm just listed as the father that I won't get emails and or phone calls and stuff like that. So like that's the bias. You know, it's just I'm going to the doctor, you know, like um, there's a level of bias there as well. You know, I don't I wouldn't call it like sexist or anything, but even when they're asking about my daughters, like their health and how they're doing and all that kind of stuff. And my wife makes sure she's at every appointment. Right. And, you know, I'm the one answering these questions and i swear to god i'm having an hour conversation with this doctor and not once even though i'm the one answering all the questions not once did she direct any of the questions towards me she looked at my wife and she asked her all the questions even though i was the one answering all of them um I mean, just, I mean, you just, they're biases, you know, you just got to deal with it. And it's sad that I even have to deal with it living in 2021, you know. But again, like, my situation isn't normal, right? Like, I'm not the normal father. The normal father is, you know, at work, sacrificing his relationship with his kids, you know, sacrificing time and all that kind of stuff provide you know for their kids and you know I don't know <laughs> I don't even know like what to say about that to kind of summarize what I was saying is for sure I think for sure the system isn't built for stay-at-home fathers I think the system in general is failing fathers um and, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm not even like, I'm not even talking about child support or um, like, I'm not even talking about child support or like any of that kind of stuff, you know, like that's, that's a whole different legal cookie, you know, that I, that I don't even want to tackle right now. Um, that, that's definitely a conversation I want to have with uh, Melissa and Jessica here. So we can all discuss that together so we can have differences of opinion and, and different outlooks in that sense. I just want to strictly talk about my experiences and, and just fatherhood in general, you know, and for sure, you know, just the way that everything is, you know, and the biases that, you know, communities have and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a losing battle for fathers, you know. Um, 
especially the normal father, you know, the ones that have to work, the ones that have to sacrifice their time and relationship with their kids um, to make sure that they have a home and they have food on the table, right? And, you know, it's hard, you know, it's hard for a lot of women to understand that too, because, I mean, for me even, like me being the stay-at-home parent, you know, my wife doesn't understand all the shit I go through. And, you know, it, it, it's easy to judge the other side when you're not living it, right? It's easy to kind of be like, oh man, stay-at-home mothers, you know, or stay-at-home parents just, you know, laze around all day, do absolutely nothing. Like, nah, man, it's, it's exhausting. And, and it's a 24-hour job, you know, like, I would even compare, I would even say parenting is is way harder than working, okay? And uh, you can fight me on that one. I'm sticking to that one, even though it's a biased answer because it's the life I'm living. But I definitely agree. I mean, come at me. What are you going to say? Oh, I work an eight-hour job? Bro, I work 24-7. My kids wake up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes for milk or they want, or they have a night terror or, you know, they want to just walk around, you know, or... Their sleep schedule is weird. Or when they're sick, they just never sleep. You know, it's a 24-hour job. And, you know, we don't get breaks. <laughs> we don't We don't get time off. We don't get vacation. We don't get our weekends off. You know, we don't even get to, like, go to family and take time off, right? Because our kids still want us. You know, so, yeah, I mean... I mean, I guess I want to make a video like this too, but kind of separate and by itself. But, you know, talking to working parents and trying to get you to realize how hard it is for us stay-at-home parents, you know, not just fathers, but mothers too, you know, they're dealing with the same shit I'm doing, you know, you know, obviously they don't have to deal with the, the societal judgment and all that kind of stuff, but uh, they're still dealing with all the same shit, all the same amount of work. You know, all the same amount of depression, all the same amount of tiredness, all the same amount of stress that I go through, women go through too, you know, it's the same thing. And, um, and yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's tough, you know, it really is. You know, make sure you're, you're taking care of your partners. Um, when you come home from work, you make sure you give them a break, you know, when you come home from work, um, should make your priority to make sure that your partner's taken care of. Um, you know, I mean, I guess we're getting more into just parenting in general, but uh, number one rule that I always tell people and other parents, even myself, I, f I forget to tell myself a lot of times when I'm like, telling other people advice, but to take care of yourself first. You know, take care of yourself and your mental health, and then only then will you be able to take care of your partner and your kids. You know, and taking care of your partner and your relationship is second. You know, your kids are third. And I know that seems really harsh. And I don't like obviously my kids' needs, direct needs like food, water, shelter, and all this kind of stuff comes first, right? But after that, like everything else, my kids are third. You know, I'm number one. I make sure I take care of myself and my mental health, and I make sure I'm good. 
so that I can be a good father to my kids and I can be mentally healthy. And, you know, I'm not going around doing things that are emotionally damaging, you know, like resenting my kids or being upset with them for no reason just because I'm stressed, you know, doing things that I'll regret or, or where I lose control, you know. Uh, I always want to be in full control around my kids. I never want to lose that. And yeah, and the second thing is, you know, making sure that I have a good relationship with my wife. You know, I think that's probably the second most important thing that you can do. Um, because, you know, <clears throat> because, you know, your, your kids will grow up in a healthy environment if you and your wife are, are having a healthy relationship, right? So it all, everything that you do, even though I say you're number one and your relationship is number two and then your kids are number three, everything trickles down to that. You know, you, you take care of yourself and all that stuff for your kids. You take care of your relationship, you make sure you have a good relationship with your partner for your kids, you know, and then you take care of your kids, you know, so it's like a full circle, you know. Um, Yeah, I don't know what more I wanted to. Um, I don't know if I said this in the beginning of the video, but I wanted to actually do a bunch, do a bunch of research and just watch videos on fatherhood and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I didn't want to taint. I didn't want to kind of just want to taint my viewpoint on. on kind of what I thought about being a father and, and society and all that kind of stuff, right? It's just, man, I just, I just wanted to kind of just give my own unbiased or not really biased, unfiltered because I didn't want, I didn't want my opinion or what I thought to be corrupted by information that I thought was more right, <laughs> you know? So maybe after this video, I'll go on and watch a bunch of videos on fatherhood and do a part two and tell you what I've learned. Um, yeah, it's really hard to kind of um, uh, be on, like do stuff like that. But you know, at the end of the day, you kind of have to do what you do. Well, snap, I got a raid. My first raid. Hello. Welcome. Uh, I just, I actually just finished up recording a video on my podcast, so welcome. I'm good, how are you guys doing? Thank you for the raid, XO. You're listening to the Ox Talk. Ox Talk. Ox Talk. Podcast.